<laughs> All good. Because <laughs> timing, it's it's not that great. No. It's okay. Um, can still figure it out. Sometimes I actually move it off a little bit, just because a lot of times me and Brian overlap on things. So it's okay to have it as it is. So not a big deal. Understandable. Uh, oh, did you already send me the link for what we're going to be looking at here? Oh, I did not send you... Here, let me send you my Moxfield link, and then I can grab the Command Knights one if we want to talk about it. I mean, you can if you want to afterwards. Okay. Um, and if you want, and if it'll help your bandwidth, uh, you can turn off video sharing on oh, Discord. Nah, it doesn't, doesn't matter, but I can, yeah. Here, hold on. Yeah, I sort mine. How, do you have it tagged out or anything like that, or is it just as is? This is exactly how my deck is. I don't have it tagged out. It just has creatures, instants, sorceries, artifacts, and enchantments, and lands. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so we're doing a deck tech here um, of just a preamble, casual, fun Jolene the Plunder Queen, who's pretty interesting commander, and... Uh, we're going to be going over uh, a friend of the podcast and our person who helps make sure our Discord isn't a rambling mess. Uh, and this is Cameron or Popcorn. Uh, so what was your premise when you started throwing together drilling? Like, what made you want to build her? Um, I thought treasures were cool. I hadn't really built around them previously. Uh, and I, I'm also just a big fan of, like, red-green or, like, red-green-blue or red-green-black. And, of course, Jolene really fits in that because she's, like, in my favorite color combos. And I thought she had a really nice effect. Just, like, you get to create treasures, you get an additional treasure when you create treasures, and you can also incentivize, um, like, the other players in your pod to attack each other and not you. All right, well, uh, I guess the podcast is over. He said he's a fan of treasures, so... <laughs> There's that. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but that is one of the cool dynamics of our group. Is like, I'm very Rakdos, mostly black. Like, Brian's very Demir. He's pretty even on that, I guess. I think he's more bluish. Definitely You're very a cool. reanimator. <laughs> Definitely a reanimator. Whatever will help him do that. <laughs> I just like ensuing chaos and disrupting things. You just like saying, look at this big thing i have you big thing i have or look at these janky cards i found that helped my big thing oh god um yeah we're not gonna make fun of your gruel penis man contest it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely uh yeah so i kind of saw this a little bit in action day earlier and it was an unfortunate situation it was a Two at a giant, but so a lot of your effect card effects didn't really get into play, but I could see how they could manipulate early game really well. Um, so where do you want to start talking about what you put in here? Um, do you want to just go over like your land base? Because it's pretty simple. Yeah, I have know? a pretty simple land base. I try and go for simple land bases. I don't really own a lot of the like higher end lands, so I tend to just play with what I have or what I get. Um, mm hmm so I went with, like, mainly basics. Like, you see, I have 11 mountains and uh, 12 forests in my deck. But, you know, we run Command Tower and Exotic Orchard because those are just, like, no-brainers, essentially. Somebody at your pod's going to be playing in your colors and Command Tower, obviously. So, um, 
game trail like most of these are pretty cheap like you can get them for under fifteen dollars um and i've owned them for a long time mm -hmm. uh, i think a couple of these came with the capenna um riveteers deck is that i think that's what they are um the, the jund yeah the jund precon Mm -hmm. uh, which was like Cinderglade came in the deck along with Thriving Bluff and Grove, and I was like, "Those are cool. I'll just put them in because they're just they're they're gates. I mean, they're not fantastic. They don't have the gate <laughs> tag. Um. Now, originally, I went with like the theme for my deck of trying to like incentivize players to attack each other and mix more combat in because a lot of magic nowadays is like two or three card combos that you tutor for or um just like control stacks ish type metas around the place all the time yeah and i was like well a lot of cards that are like stack shit like stacks or combo oriented can be creatures and if you make them force, or, like, you force them to attacks, so like, you goad them, or you use, like, you goad one creature and you run War's Toll, for example, which says whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, tap all lands that player controls, and if a creature an opponent controls attacks, all creatures that opponent control attack if able. You can force people who run, like, you know, Fauna Shaman and stuff like that to have them force their Fauna Shaman into a creature and have it die. And, you know, and... Pushing, putting people outside their their normal play pattern can cause interesting situations, and you know that's normally a very cool thing. I personally am a big fan of Goad because it takes people out of the turtle, you know, out of the turtle shell. Definitely. And, uh, so what I did is I took your list and I sorted it by type, and then in the in the group, and then in sort I put mana value because as I go through each of these sections. Normally, the bigger spells, you build up to those types of things. So that's, like, how we want to close out each section. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Yeah, but your mana base is pretty... It does what it needs to do. Uh, you know, and you just... It's a very basic mana base. It gets you what you need. This um, is also just, like, our first rough draft of the deck, and it was my first time playing it tonight. So I, I know what I need yeah. to change now and move around a little bit and take some things out and... Just reiterate on it. Never stop reiterating on your decks. I, I have a bad <laughs> habit of making a deck and then never changing it, and then, like, four sets come out, and I was like, oh, that'd be really good in this deck, and then just not putting it in. Yeah, and, and doing the same for, like, three sets in a row, and then you're like, you finally overhaul the deck, and it's just nothing like what you wanted it to, because you just did it all at once, so you didn't have time to try out all those different little changes to see if you actually liked them. And then you lose sight of what you started with. Yeah. So I want to go backwards, in a way. So I want to do your enchantments next. Okay. Like, when you so, looked at your enchantments, what made them stick? Um, so, they're wasn't this many enchantments when i first made the deck there was like i think six and then i had to change them out because abu was unfortunately out of some of the cards i wanted to buy uh mainly some creatures so instead i had to substitute mm -hmm. in some enchantments so mm -hmm. like fight rigging ended up in here and um reign of riches 
and family's favor. I didn't want either, like all three of those in the deck because there's just some better creatures I felt like I could run, but unfortunately AB was out and I never buy online for whatever reason. So hey, it happens, you know. Um, so the we'll go down here. I'm looking at I got them sorted by Manny value. Yep. So first up is family's favor. I actually saw this in action, and you know I'm actually kind of impressed by this card. Like, it was doing more work than I thought it was going to do when I saw you put in play. Yeah, it's it's just pro it's pseudo protection on your combat step for your like Voltron creature, or maybe you just want to swing to draw a card because that's what it does. It gives it a shield counter. And then if it deals combat damage to a player, you get to remove the shield counter from it and draw a card. And in your lane, attacking with your creature, you're getting a treasure out of it, too. Well, two treasures, because so, Jolene gives you an additional one. Yeah, even better. So it's like, you're getting a lot of value out of a creature that's probably not going to die from that combat. Yeah. So even if it's just a land of war elf, it becomes two treasures. So... Mm -hmm. You didn't tap the dork for mana, but you still got mana out of it. So, yep. pretty cool. And obviously, if anyone lets you hit, <laughs> you get treasure. I mean, you get to draw cards, too, to use all those treasures. So, a lot of synergy with Jolene. I see it. I, I actually think I really like it. I was thinking about putting it in a separate deck. I have uh, Skullbriar, but I realized it's probably not fantastic there. Because <laughs> he'll just lose you know. it if he dies. Yeah. Um, we have the fight, fight, fight rigging. Fight rigging. Yeah, how does... I don't... I don't know. Like, I, I saw you had one hideaway thing go on in your deck, and then I'm seeing this, and... I don't know. I mean, maybe if it's combined with some of your other stuff, I could see it tank working out really well. So, Fight Rigging is a two and a green enchantment, highway five. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature control. Then, if a creature control with a power seven or greater, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. So, I mean, it has a way to push for its own hideaway. So, I guess that's pretty cool. The but, other thing is, is it works pretty well with Jolene because she's a four mana two two, and just sacking five treasures immediately makes her a seven seven. Um, this is definitely one of the cards I'm taking out sooner rather than later, unless I decide to up the CMC of my deck and maybe change some things around and put some big Eldrazi in it or something. But I, this is just really a substitute card. I didn't get a chance to play it at all tonight. I only played three games and maybe saw, like, half of my deck in total. I didn't see Zorn mm -hmm. once. I didn't see a couple of other cards either. No, I do see Fight Rigging as possibly a card you would replace for another draw spell or removal. Or just something that pumps your whole team, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Because that's probably what you end up hideawaying underneath it. And then it just delays it when you could... Have yeah, put a Crater it. Hoof underneath it? I mean, it's the dream, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what a lot of people say, but eh. Uh, Garuk's Uprising. So it's another two and a green enchantment. This is a pretty common green card to run in almost every green deck where you have big creatures. I see. So when it enters, if you control a power for a greater, you draw a card. 
whenever a creature power four greater enters under your control, you draw a card. And creatures you control have trample. It's pretty good. For three like mana, it offers yeah. card draw and trample. It's and it's an enchantment, so it's a little harder to remove than just a creature. Say like um, Garuk's Pack Leader, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good one. Like obviously a Gruul classic, as long as it's been out. Uh, Rhythm of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> creature spells you control can't be countered, and non-token creatures you control have riot. So they either get haste or get a plus one, plus one when they enter. That yep. seems really good. Like, just in general, like, why not play it in Gruul? That's, I mean, it can, you know, it can buff up your small dude or you just have haste. And it also protects you from having your big creatures countered. Or even your small ones. <laughs> like, I could see this in just a Gruul elf ball or something like that. Just yeah. Eliminating one thing that could slow you down makes it so that they have to play removal and they it forces them to use their counter spells on other people which inadvertently gives you more removal on other people just because of that yep and these are some of my car favorite cards here um if i'd known you didn't have the green one i probably would have brought it for you yeah uh so shiny impetus it's a two and a red Enchant creature, it gets plus two plus two and is goaded. And whenever it attacks, you get a treasure. So in Jolene, it's here, your creature's plus two plus two, has to attack, and when it does, I get two treasures. That seems great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it pays back more than half of its cost for just attacking once. And it also incentivizes and also forces somebody to attack somebody else, which means they also get to create a treasure off of having shiny impetus in their on attached to their creature. They don't get the treasure, do they? Uh, Jolene will give them a treasure. Jolene will. Yeah. Yeah. But impetus will give you two. So that's yep. good. And then there's a, uh... Viridian Rebel, I think if you're playing green in the current commander environment, like, this card is a no-brainer. If you have it, get it. Like, it's great. It's card draw, and it's almost guaranteed to work in our meta. If you don't know what Viridian Rebel does, it's a two green and a colorless enchantment that says whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card. And we have a very treasure-heavy meta and artifact heavy meta so you know like food tokens blood tokens clue tokens uh etc treasure you know. tokens treasure tokens <laughs> the big one gold tokens even curse of opulence is played heavily in red decks this would have even helped you out when i had all those mirrors out and yeah. uh the and we did i did my masker girl thing <laughs> would have drawn me like nine cards they had like four mirrors a piece yeah it would have yeah. done some work Oh, yeah. Uh, Guardian Project. This is uh, also a pretty standard green card to run, I think, and like almost every creature-heavy green deck possible, Guardian Project is just draw. Yeah. Uh, for green, like, the text for this almost doesn't matter in Commander. And it's whenever a non-token creature enters Battle under Control, if it doesn't have the same name as another creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, you draw a card. In almost every green deck, I highly doubt 
you're going to have a situation where you have that happen. So you're I'm just going to draw a card. I have decked myself out with Guardian Project and died. It doesn't it. give you the choice. There is that. But you are playing green, so when you need to, you can blow it up sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worst Toll, a very good Staxi, like, instigator effect for sure. It, three and a red. Very whenever your opponent at... taps a land, tap all their lands. Yeah, and then whenever a uh, creature an opponent controls attacks, all their creatures have to attack. It's very good at telling the blue player that if they're going to spend their mana, they have to do it now. <laughs> yep. So these effects trigger. The first time they tap a land, this trigger will go on the stack, which does give them a chance to tap the rest of their lands how they want. But if they don't, they just tap. Now, it's before it got reprinted, it was an evil card because of uh mana burn back in the day let's be glad that's not a thing true so yeah one of my that's favorite a... cards of uh all time is citadel of pain um which let me pull it up real quick so i can actually read it out to you and while you're pulling that up I, I was actually thinking of another enchantment that i was kind of thinking you might want to run in a go deck and that would be repercussions hmm. <laughs> that would be fun when you're goading everyone to hit each other and if they block they're going to be taking the damage anyways but they That's want true. to block so they can inflict damage to their opponent for there's attacking. another red enchantment as well i think it's two red and two colorless and it's called bedlam and it just says creatures cannot block <laughs> but uh Going back to Citadel of Pain, it's a one red and two colorless, and it's an enchantment in red that says at the end of each player's turn, Citadel of Pain deals X damage to that player where X is the number of untapped lands he or she controls. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, so damned if you do, damned if you don't. Pretty much. So, yeah, we got the other thing. Uh, Wilderness Reclamation. I mean, that seems like a pretty good green card. It's a harder to kill. Uh, what's that stupid Seedborn elf? Muse. Yeah, that. <laughs> Seedborn Muse is uh, significantly better because it's at each upkeep, while Wilderness Reclamation is only at the end of your turn, at, at your end step. It, it does allow you to progress your board state and still keep mana up for interaction. You know, so if you're, you wouldn't have to hold up the three mana to whole half for your cast board. you could just tap out play all your stuff and go to combat and stuff and then on your turn boop, untap and it also has a now, heavy yeah. synergy with bootleggers stash oh lord <laughs> doing treasures remember, remember, remember. let's get to your last enchantment so when you had to sub this you said this is one of the ones that you just had to sub in there at the end yeah. uh reign of riches I uh, I didn't get to see this in action, but it's two red and three colorless for a red enchantment that says when it when Reign of Riches ETBs, you create two treasure tokens. With Jolene, that's going to be three treasure tokens. So it pays back more than half its cost for just entering the battlefield. And then it says the first spell you cast each turn that uh, mana from a treasure was spent to cast has Cascade. I mean, that could be really good in your deck. Considering that you can generate treasure on a regular basis, you could spend at least one treasure on a spell and maybe get something better. Like, like even the Chaos Worm we just mentioned could yep. 
pop into like a nature's claim or a heroic intervention if you wanted to cast it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can't wait to actually try it out chance. in a game when I get to play. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> fun, right? Absolutely. Ah. So other sorcery speed things, sorceries. You got some of these we don't even necessarily have to really go over. Like rampant growth. It's a ramp spell. Go get a basic land, put it into play. Kadama's Reach. Go get two lands, two basic lands, put one into play, one in your hand. Now, seize a spotlight. This card, I want one. And it only comes in the pre-con. And I need it. I want it. I must have it. It's so good. I didn't get a chance to use it either. Like I said, I only saw maybe about half the deck over the night. So, mm-hmm. um, Seize the Spotlight is one red and two colorless for a sorcery. It says each opponent chooses fame or fortune. For each player who chose fame, gain control of a creature that player controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures and they gain haste until end of turn. For each player who chose fortune, you draw a card and create a treasure token. Now... In your deck, if Jolene's out, I'm probably gonna give you one of my let you take one of my creatures. <laughs> Cause you drawing a card and getting two treasures, that could be just as bad, you know. But yeah. if I've got something big out that I don't want you to have, I'm I'm gonna let you draw and that's just value. Like for three mana against in a normal four player pod, at worst you get three creatures. Okay, that makes it better than every single, like, spell that takes one creature from an opponent, untaps it, and gives it haste. Look, man, I like Goat Nap just as much as you do. Right. Or, (laughs) yeah. But even if you just get, even if you don't have Jolene out, you still get three cards and three treasures. And one same factor. There's no outcome that's bad for this unless none of your opponents have creatures which you wouldn't be playing this in that case because they'll just choose fame but still like if your opponents all have at minimum one creature there's nothing wrong with this it's great because you take their one creature and then you pop it and you go and then they have to deal with their own shenanigans and you know, some people play big things, and they may only have that one big thing on the field, and is it worth it to give the Jolene player two treasures to pump Jolene to hit you with, or just give you the big creature and get hit with it anyways? Two treasures and a card. And a card. That could be even worse. Absolutely. <laughs> I I can't wait to try it out. I, I really want to play with the deck some more, so... I think she's a spotlight's amazing. Yeah. Uh, another good card. Although, at times, it can be useless. Yeah. But when it isn't, it's amazing. So what is it? Uh, Decimate. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's a two colorless, a red, and a green uh, for sorcery speed. It says destroy target artifact, target creature, target enchantment, and target land. Um, with Decimate... You have to have legal targets to cast it. So if there is no artifact on the field, you cannot cast Decimate. Um, yep. The same and if goes any for... of the targets leave before it resolves, the whole thing fails. Yeah, it's a very good card, and it has its downsides. But for four mana, destroy four things. It's one it's of the worth better. It's the risk sometimes. 
yeah. It you can, can be in a situation... There's very rarely a situation you can't use it in. Since a lot of people are playing, like, enchantments and vehicles and artifacts. There's almost always a treasure around, so you, you never want to target that. But you could always target your own stuff that you don't mind losing to make yeah. sure this goes off. Yeah. Um, it also, like, Decimate can flip the game pretty quickly, because, like... If one person has all four of those things out, you know, they have a bootlegger stash or something, and maybe, like, an abundance out, and they have a Yavimaya, and some big dumb creature, you can just hit all four of their things. You might be an enemy of them for a little while, but they were a threat, and Decimate removed all four of their, like, problems with four mana. How many times did you play against Mono Green tonight? Because that's like everything you're mentioning blowing up is green. I played against a lot of green tonight. I played against... Actually, I played against two of the... What is her name? Lisa? No, not Lisa. I don't know. The Curse chick. Who, uh... uh you can just put curses on stuff. I played against two of them in the same pod. I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um... It wasn't too bad. I kept getting cursed, but I just kept blowing them up because I, I have a decent amount of like enchantment removal in the deck because enchantments are problematic. Yeah, and they're they're around a lot, and they're hard to get rid of, just like artifacts. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing in your uh, sub-theme of goading and encouraging violence, uh, Disrupt Decorum. What a beautiful card. For two colorless and two red at sorcery speed to goad all creatures you don't control is a good way to say you don't get to hit me for the next turn. And force your opponents to make treasures. <laughs> yep. Um, so you'll only get one treasure per player that attacks another player, not just for each player that they attack, right? Yeah, so I don't. Jolene actually doesn't will not create me any treasures. Period for somebody attacking somebody else, they create a treasure when they swing at somebody that is not me. Think of it like right. uh, Krom. Do you remember? Is it Krom? It might be Krom Ludovic's Opus, who says whenever yeah. you attack or damage another player, you can draw a card at the end of the turn or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like that. It just it, yeah. Jolene is just like you give other people benefits, but you get more benefit out of it too. Fair enough. Now this next one. I really like it. For a sorcery, it seems pretty cool. Uh, Visions of Ruin. I got to play this twice in my second pod, because I got to flash it back, and it it's powerful with Jolene. Like, I didn't expect to, like, do great with it. I was like, ah, this is just each person gets to lose an artifact, and I get uh, treasures. Um... It pays for itself in Jolene. Like, four mana, get rid of three artifacts is four treasures back, and then flashback for, um, what is that, six? You get four treasures back. So, in the end, it's a zero mana. Each opponent loses three artifacts, and and then a two mana. Each opponent loses three artifacts. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean. It's... Wow, because the flashback is reduced by four because of your commander. Yep. So it's six, which means you could play this the first time for four. You get six treasures. 
and then you can use that six to play it again and get it well, and get six more treasures the max you'll get is four in a three pair in a three player pod um oh a three player oh not I mean, four yeah, player but... sorry yourself well, and three others tongue-tied oh you get a treasure for each one so yeah it's not one per opponent you get one extra per the three yes got it yeah well four treasures still pays for the first time and then, and then you pay two mana to do it again yep so it's not bad Overall, it's a two-mana loss to destroy six artifacts. It's not bad at all. Yeah. And you get more treasures at the end of it. Yep. Two. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> so this is fun. I, every time I had this in my hand, I realized I was in green and nobody had more lands than I did. <laughs> so... I don't know about this card yet. Maybe it'll shine once in a while. But Spiteful Repossession is going to be four colorless and a red. And Spiteful Repossession deals damage to each opponent who controls more lands than you equal to the difference. Then you create a number of treasure tokens equal to the damage dealt this way. Yeah, I could see some situations where this would be beneficial, but I could see in green with the way you're building this, like, that would be really hard. Like, that's and... not going to happen often. That last game we played in that two-headed, if I would have had this in my hand... I would've, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Just thanks for the, like, 35 treasures, dude. And the damage. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. That would have been a good one, but, you know, can't have our outs all the time. Um, now, Brass Bounty. That's neat. Brass this, however, does seem like something you could pull off in this. Absolutely. Uh, Brass's Bounty is a fairly played card, being in like a lot of the Storm decks, because copying it, you just make a ton of treasures, obviously. Um, it's six colorless and a red. For each land you control, create a treasure token. Uh, in Jolene, that is a treasure token, and then plus one. So if you have seven lands, you get eight treasures. Which is profit. Yes. Speaking of profit, <laughs> Reckless Endeavor. This card's been nutty since it came out. Uh, I didn't even know it was a thing until... Because I didn't pay much attention to the Commander Precons at the time, because I believe that the all of the D12 cards are the Precons only. Reckless Endeavor is going to be five colorless and two red and it says roll 2d12 and choose one result reckless endeavor deals damage equal to that result to each creature and then you create a number of treasure tokens equal to the other result so it's a board wipe and treasure generation for seven mana and you can't really go wrong with that because i mean unless you roll like a one on both then that just feels bad but yeah <laughs> Even then, it's still two treasures and one damage to each creature. Like, even if you rolled two ones, you'll get one treasure, one damage. Oh, you'll get two treasures, yeah, because of you. Because of Jolene. Because of Jolene. As long as she doesn't die for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blasphemous Act, that's a great card. Obvious, like, eventually, usually it's played for one red mana. Just say no. <laughs> yep. It's a cheap board wipe. It came in the um, Jund precon, so and I actually previously didn't own a Blasphemous Act. 
Yeah, it actually sells a lot of precons nowadays. It used to be fairly expensive. I remember being like twelve, yeah. fifteen dollars, and I just I don't like spending twelve to fifteen dollars on a board wipe. That's can, a good card. It is. It's worth one red mana for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got some pretty select instants here. A very yeah. small amount of them too. I am definitely gonna add some more. I want a little bit more interaction in my deck. Um more instant speed interaction. Yeah. You definitely have interaction through your enchantments and sorceries and goading effects. That's definitely counted as interaction. Yeah. But uh, these look like a quite a, pot, a small pile of uh, removal. Yeah. So, uh, I think I definitely, claim... yeah. definitely need more. <laughs> we all do. <clears throat> so on my first list, we have Nature's Claim. Uh, it's just uh, one mana instant destroy an artifact or enchantment, and then its controller gains four life. Yeah, the downside on that's not a big deal in Commander. No. Now, four uh, life when most he, things end in the game ending in a combo or really any other win con. Overwhelming that's... stampede. Yeah. Now, what do you have here? Uh, this one I'm sure we'll see how it works for you. And some other facets when we get to your creatures, but you have fling. Don't yeah. see this often. Um, you know, the deck needs some more treasure generation. I was talking about um, that earlier because I felt like I really wasn't getting to use Jolene's uh, third effect, which is stack five treasures, put uh, five plus one plus one counters on Jolene. Um, I think fling is really gonna shine. Once I reiterate the deck a little bit and make it a little bit more um, flashy, I guess, in a way, like add some more treasures and be able to pump Jolene a bit more. Um, but essentially, it's just used to... It, it can be used as removal of either a creature or a player. True. And... If you play Seeds of Spotlight, you could fling somebody's own creature at them. That's absolutely true. I um, love doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> there is a card that I do want to put in the deck that actually might end up replacing Fling, maybe. We'll see. Um, Brian Chandra's Star? Ignition. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Which is five mana, then target creature control deals its power to every creature and player or opponent. Which is... Yeah, it does the job. Yeah, so it hits everybody instead of one person. It's worth. It's yeah. definitely... It's expensive, but the result is the same. Mm -hmm. It's not instant speed, though, so you might still keep Fling. I might. I might I might kill... might still keep Fling in the deck just because, like I said, it can be used as instant speed removal. <laughs> or, oh, you're going to take my commander? No! <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Heroic intervention. It's a good choice. Its price just keeps going up as it. Keeps I think going. I own three promo heroic interventions that I pulled from prize packs for winning at ABU. Um, Back when it was in standard. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I just I've been putting it in every green deck. I think it's very flexible because it's it gives you hexproof and indestructible until the end of turn for two mana at instant speed. For all your permanents, not just your creatures. Yeah, so your lands are protected, your artifacts, your enchantments, your planeswalkers. 
Which actually, there's not a single Planeswalker in this deck. Um, well, now your Planeswalkers will get indestructible, but as a yeah. side note to people, if something deals damage to your Planeswalker, it still loses loyalty. So when the Planeswalker runs out of loyalty, it still has to be sacrificed. Yep. Or destroyed at the moment that it's no longer indestructible, etc. But it's a great card. Yep. It's worth playing in anything that's green. Return to nature. Much like nature's claim, right? Uh, much like nature's claim, yeah. It's uh, one green, one colorless for an instant that says choose one. You can destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. It's a very flexible um, removal spell for artifacts and enchantments. So it's like Nature's Claim, without the four life, but you have to pay one more and you could possibly take a card out of a graveyard to stop some kind of reanimation shenanigans. I'm a big fan of Return to Nature. I used to run, uh, is it Naturalize? Mm-hmm. I can't, it, the Return to Nature became much more meta than Naturalize did just because of the extra option on it for the same mana cost. I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's just better option, same, more options, same mana cost. Why not? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> the next one is in something I feel is just, it's a red staple. Like, you, if you have it, you should play it. If you don't, you should think about it. Because it's Chaos Warp. It's two and a red. The owner of Target Permanent shuffles it in their library, uh, reveals the top card. If it's a permanent card, they put it in Battlefield. Now, granted, a lot of time, you might, there's just going to be something else coming out. But normally, it's not going to be nearly as bad as whatever was about to wreck your day. Ever so often, you'll get the exact same thing out. <laughs> um, I have a pretty funny story about Chaos Warp. I was sitting in a pod playing Zara Renegade Raider. Uh, interesting card. Um, but I somebody went to chaos warp somebody's crater hoof which doesn't even matter because i already etb'd um and i radiated it and radiate says copy it for every single target it could target so i had the table scoop because nobody wanted to uh what is it chaos world i think (laughs) (laughs) because that's essentially what chaos warp and radiate is uh it makes all your lands every single one of your permanents you have to shuffle into your deck and flip the top one at a time because chaos were passed to resolve in that order (laughs) and nobody wanted to sit through it (laughs) funny though i mean it wasn't you who started it but it was definitely you who finished it (laughs) definitely i love copy spells Radiate is just one of those weirder old red cards that you don't see very often, but it's... Or enough. Yeah, it it can really change how the game outlook happens, because, like, if somebody, like, Nature's Claim, for example, an artifact, you can radiate it to hit all artifacts and enchantments on the table. <laughs> I so. think something that's really funny with the spell... The one time I've seen it in the last couple years was actually somebody went to play Peer into the Abyss on themselves, and somebody else played Radiate. 
So everybody drew half their deck and lost half their life. Uh, Unfortunately, what happened next was the black player played um, the demon that at the end of turn we all lose life equal to life we lost. We lost that turn. So we died, but it was funny. (laughs) Radiate just needs to be played more. Thinking about it, I might actually put it in Jolene now. I think in casual, it's an amazing card. I love copy spells in casual because it's like we're all gonna do it, or I'm gonna do it too, and you know like, it's, it's like yeah. Wild Ricochet. I used to play that in every single red deck I possibly could. I uh, love Chess Kiss. Mwah. Yeah. The, the the card is its name. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, um, your next card there on your instance. Yeah, I uh. I pulled three of these in Modern Horizons, so I have one in each of my green decks at the moment. Um, Force of Vigor, which is going to be two colorless and two green, and it's an instant that says, if it's not your turn, you may exile a green card from your hand rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Destroy up to two targets and or enchantments. It's just a free blow two things up most of the time at instant speed. Yeah, blowing up two artifacts or enchantments is kind of a big deal when bad things are about to happen. Yeah, especially for free. I mean, I, I guess it's not for free. You have to get rid of a green card from your hand, but most of the time that's like a cost that doesn't matter too much. Most of the time, the fact that you can play it for free allows you to tap out, which generally causes someone to be baited into a scenario where they think they've got something in and then go for it, and you're like, nah. Not today, man. Like the man. person goes for their goes for their bowl of citadel, and you're just like, boop. Goodbye. I'll blow up your top and your citadel. <laughs> yep. Well, they'll pop the top, but still. Okay, artifacts. We got some pretty basic ones here, so we'll skip most of them. Uh, so we got like Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, Fell Warstone, Commander's Fear. Uh, those are pretty, you know. Obviously, you got Whisper Silk Cloak because your commander gets in the danger zone a lot, and you want to be unblocked because you get big. Yep. Uh, but Bloodthirsty Blade, I love this equipment. However, we definitely saw a scenario tonight where it was absolutely useless, but that's okay because Two-Headed Giant's not a normal scenario. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that Bloodthirsty Blade would have done in our Two-Headed game was make us take two more damage every time they attacked us. <laughs> well... It's not like we really had an opportunity to make the the suffering our choice. This is true. So, um, Bloodthirsty Blade, it's a two-cost artifact that the equipped creature is plus two, plus zero, oh, and is goaded. You pay one, attach it to target creature and opponent controls, activate only the sorcery. That's it's like a three-mana colorless goad enchantment, basically kind of like the impetus in a way that's how i look at it it's a very decent way to protect yourself from the voltron player <sighs> until you get to the one one v one stage and then it's just plus then two it's damage rut to rope. commander damage <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i definitely like bloodthirsty blade uh it may get changed out later i'm not sure how i feel about it i, I definitely feel that it's good in the deck for now and the current iteration of it I feel like in most situations, it's a good card to have. Yep. It's like playing the impetus. Like, if you're going to play it, play it. 
And then when, if for some reason that creature dies, so the Bloodthirsty Blade can get attached to another creature. So it's kind of better than the Impetus. Yeah. Except it doesn't make you treasure. This is true. It doesn't make me treasure. Now, here's an interesting one that's also from Capenna. Boxing Ring. So this is gonna I kind of like this. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic in certain ways. So it's going to be one colorless and one green. It's an artifact, and it says, Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it fights up to one target creature you don't control with the same mana value. And then it has, Tap, create a treasure token, activate only if you control a creature that fought this turn. Okay, with... so it doesn't, it doesn't always give you the chance to make treasures, but... It's also makes every creature fight, but only in their same weight class. <laughs> I like the, 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 what's the word? The, uh, the feel of it, you know? Yeah. It turns your creatures into removal spells, but only for the same CNC they're fighting. Um, I run some bigger creatures for lower mana costs, like Gadrak the Crown Scourge, for example. He's a three mana five, four. So most people in his weight class uh, don't stand up to him. He's a heavyweight fighting medium weights. <laughs> Come on, Mike. <laughs> right. And if if they're out, boom, you also get another treasure out of it, which is sometimes two treasures. Yep. Now, obviously, you don't want to have Jolene fight other four-cost creatures, usually. No. She is uh, lightweight in the heavyweights. Unless she's had her work out with treasures. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying all uh, that treasure can be heavy, you know, it pumps those muscles up. Speaking of treasures, um, damn you, um, Bucknerd's Everfull Purse. I think this card's really cool. Um, I like the thematic of it. I play it in my fame because it's fun. It's a two-cost artifact where you pay one, tap it, roll a d4, and create a number of treasure tokens to get the result. Then the player to your right gains control of it. <laughs> That's cool. It takes, like, four full turn rotations to get back to you, but three mana make up to four treasures seems pretty good for you. Maybe yeah, five. Maybe five. I run Bucknard's Everfull Purse in three decks now. I find that it can really get heat off your back because you like, you're giving people mana, and that can be helpful in a way, and it can be like a politics thing. It's like, hey man... I, I played the Bucknard's Devil for Purse. I passed it to you. You got four treasures out of it. Like you, you max rolled on that. Like you don't you don't have to attack me. You don't have to target my thing. I've been helping you out. Now granted you don't get control of who it goes to, neither do they. But playing something that does benefit them and using it knowing that they're gonna get the benefit from it. Like, you could play it on your turn wait till right before their turn, use it and pass it to them so they get to untap it. And you have any time, but you could have waited till the end of their turn to do it. You know? Yeah. So they had it just sitting there, but you gave them the opportunity to use it. So about placement. Yeah. I like this next one, Idol of Oblivion. Like in this deck, that seems way better than I thought of it before. Idol of Oblivion, I find myself running this card more and more in a lot of my decks. It's in Belladros, it's in Adeline, it's in Adrix and Nev, it's in it's in Jolene. Um, I mean, it's two mana artifact, 
uh, that says tap, draw a card. Activate only if you created a token this turn. That's and then it also has a second activated ability, which is pay eight, tap it, sacrifice item of oblivion, create a 10-10 colorless Eldrazi creature token. I have never used the second ability. <laughs> I don't see why you would. You have so much token generation in this deck. Like, it's just literally pay two to put it in play, and then every turn you tap it to draw a card almost. It's great. It's just steady there's... card draw. At least once a turn yeah. you get to draw a card. For the price in Gruul, that's great. Other colors might do other things, but for Gruul, there's not much consistent reusable draw like that. Besides, like, enchantments based on power for greater creatures. Now, Mage Slayer is interesting. I really enjoy Mage Slayer. It's, uh, it's going to be an artifact equipment. It's one colorless uh, red and a green. And it says, whenever equipped creature attacks, it deals damage equal to its power to the player or planeswalker it's attacking with equip three. Um, it's just a good way to get your commander to hit them without hitting them. Or hit them harder. Or hit them harder. I, I'm a... I like casual and stuff, but I saw that and I read it, and the first thought that went through my head was, what ways can I get Infect and Gruel? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have uh, whatever the artifact is. Triumph of the is. Hordes and Grafted Exoskeleton. Yeah. Ugh. And Ugh. then you also have just some weird, like, older cards um, that just have Infect on them in green. I tend not mm. to run Infect, like, it, I understand where the hate from Infect come from, you know, it's only 10 points of damage and then you're done, so it's like nothing essentially in a commander game, um, but I can see why people run it, it's an easy way to win, and it can get people, like, I, I run, like, the instant speed, uh, plus one, plus oh, and Infect, uh, instant in black in most of my black decks. Tainted Strike. Yeah. I mostly do it to other people's creatures. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's that's a good way to go, too. Some Voltron player goes to swing at somebody else, but it's not enough commander damage, and you just give it in fact. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Adios, muchacho. Um, so that's a really cool equipment. Uh, and you got the vehicle, Horde Hauler. Three in a red. Trample, vehicle. Five, five. Whenever it deals combat damage to player, you get a treasure token for each artifact they control. Ho ho! It's a like you. It's crew three, dockside extortionist. In a way. Yeah. Brutal. And for you, that's even more. Yeah, I get plus one. You get a treasure for it attacking. That's also. I get two treasures for it attacking. Yeah, and then if you actually hit. You get more. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it has yeah. built-in trample as well. So if they only have a one-one dork sitting there, that's four damage. Do you still get the trigger? Okay, so this next one, I have a question after we read it. It's tempting contract. It's four artifact. Beginning of your upkeep, each opponent may create a treasure token. For each opponent who does, you create a treasure token. Now with Jolene, does she create? A treasure token individually for each opponent, or is it totals up the number of opponents and you make that many? 
Um, because it's not worded that way. I believe that tempting contract is its separate thing. Because... Because um, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking for each opponent who does, you're getting two treasures. Yeah. That, that might be something I need to... Here, let's pull up uh, tempting. Let's let's see if gatherer has an answer. Each opponent in turn order decides whether or not to create a treasure token. They will each know the decisions of players before them. Those treasure tokens are all created at the same time. Then you create your treasure tokens all at the same time. So it's only okay. going to be plus one. It's, yeah, I thought it was, would be worded somewhere along the lines of like it normally is. It's like you create that many treasure tokens. For each opponent who made one, you make that many total. Yeah. Like that's how I figured it would work. So that's why I was confused there. But yeah. And uh, this next one, uh, fuck it. It's bootlegger stash. It's going to make you a lot of damn treasures. Go to hell, you degenerate <laughs> scum. The only reason I have one is because I, I went uh, halfsies on a box with my roommate. And we played flipsies for it. So, and I managed to... To squeak it out? Yeah. But, wow. of course, that means that he got first pick on the pile of rares and mythics that we had. So, I, I won flipsies on the bootleggers. I don't get to pick first. What did he get? Uh, I don't remember. Not I think, a bootleggers. I think he chon... Yeah, he didn't get a bootleggers dash. But I think he got a planeswalker. I think the white planeswalker... Oh, uh, the Emperor or the new sure. Elspeth? Uh, oh, the new Elspeth. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So now we've got, we're up to our creatures. We'll start with Jolene again, just as a refresher. So she's two, a red and a green, two, two, human warrior. Whenever a player attacks one or more of your opponents, that attacking player creates a treasure token. That's why we're, we're running a lot of good stuff here. And they're going to make treasures. Cool. They profit off of their pain. And whenever, if which also means if you attack an opponent, you're creating a treasure too. Yep. One, well, two per combat. And if you create any treasure tokens, you get that many plus one. That's her real perk, obviously, which can turn into a win con uh, for commander damage at least, because you can sack five and make her plus five, plus five. Yep. With plus one, plus one counters. It's really good. Oh, yeah, we're doing this in mana cost order, so your first creature is um, <laughs> just just as bad as the damn bootleggers. Yeah, it's it's a Dockside Extortionist. I got one for my birthday from my roommate, which notably is a better birthday present than I got him, which was one of those grandma's pink sugar cookies because I was broke and didn't have a job at the time. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a thought that counts, but was it stale? No, no, it wasn't. I made sure it wasn't stale. And I think I ate half of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I spent my dinner uh, to get you a birthday uh, present. I'm a Can good I have friend, that? yeah. Can I have some? <laughs> Stare. <laughs> you know, um, actually, we'll come back to it in a second. Uh, I was thinking about <laughs> cards I could put into the deck. We'll, we'll come back to it at the end. Oh, yeah, definitely at the end. Uh, Gala Greeters. One in the green. And this card, it's... A really cool card for me mostly just because every time i see it i want to see all the other darts but i remember oh yeah i live in america so we only got this one um it's got alliance whenever another creature enters the battlefield under control 
you choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. Either a plus one plus one on Gala, counter, or you create a tap treasure token. Well, that's going to be the first one picked. Or you gain two life. I mean, it synergizes. Yeah. And it's a cheap mana cost, too. I mean, it's it's not fantastic, in my opinion. I think Gala Greeter is, is very mediocre. It just has synergy with Jolene's ability. Yeah. For sure. Because why not? Yeah. So, uh... Next up, we have Goblin Diplomat. Diplomats. Uh, it's gonna be one <laughs> hilarious red. card. Yeah, <laughs> one red and one colorless. Uh, it's a two-one. It's a goblin, and it says tap each creature attacks this turn if able. It's great. It's not a goad because they can just swing at you with those creatures, obviously, but it does force them to attack, which means they get to create a treasure. Um, but it also... If they hit your opponents. Yes. I mean, they could swing two creatures at you and a creature at an opponent, and they still get a treasure. Yeah. But they it takes some of the heat off of you, which is good. It's also one of those things, like I said, like you're forcing people to attack when it's out of their comfort zone. People don't want to attack with their combo enablers. How many times do you see somebody swing at you with a Thrasios? <laughs> uh, only if there's a Temna... Right next to it. Ah, that's that's very true. But that's like it. If they're not goaded, uh, that thing just sits there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I have been playing a lot of CDH lately, so I have encountered that situation a few times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Captain Lannery Storm, which is you know surprising to me that this card has gone up in price. Um, I think I have like eight of them. She's like seven dollars now. But she's gonna be two colorless and one red. She's a legendary creature. She's a human pirate. She's a two two and she has haste. She also has whenever Captain Lannery Storm attacks, you create a colorless treasure token, and then whenever you sacrifice a treasure, Captain Lannery Storm gets plus one plus O until end of turn. So just immediate synergy with Jolene. Yeah, so if you have Jolene so, out yeah. and you have Captain Lannery out, you swing and you get four treasures. That's just profit. Yeah. And when you sack the treasures for Jolene, which you almost make off of just that, uh, then Lannery is going to get bigger too, for yeah. at least that turn. For at least that turn. So sacking five treasures gives plus five to Captain Lannery Storm and plus five plus five to Jolene. Now, this one's an interesting creature because I feel like in your deck, it doesn't really have that much of a drawback because your opponents are going to be making artifacts off of attacking each other. Yeah. And that's Gadrick the Crown Scourge. You mentioned him earlier. He's two and a red. Dragon 5-4. We mentioned him while we were talking about the big fighting when they come in, and yeah, this guy definitely fights outside his weight class. So, Gadrick is a... I mean, as mentioned, he's a two he costs two colorless and one red he's a legendary creature and he's a dragon he has flying of course uh and then he can't attack unless you control four more artifacts and at the beginning of your end step you create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn he's also a five four so he's a three mana five four so he's definitely bigger than most three drops and some four drops 
<laughs> I mean, he doesn't really have a downside besides unless you don't have those four artifacts to make sure he can attack, which I found myself actually not having the four artifacts a lot of the time, and it just he just sat there. Hey, so. A 5-4 for three mana to block with that can block flying is not always a bad thing either. That's true. This next guy, he's one of my favorites in this too, because he's just a hilarious card. So we have a Goblin Spymaster, two colorless and one red. He's a Goblin Rogue. He has power two and toughness one. He's got first strike, and he says at the beginning of each opponent's end step, that player creates a 1-1 red goblin creature token. With creatures you control, attack each combat if able. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's going back to the... Um, the diplomats. The diplomat. You gotta attack, man. You gotta, you gotta throw your creatures at a, another person. <laughs> or me, for that matter of fact. Cause at, it, it's, at least... At least one out of the people, then you. <laughs> I mean, he has a great um, flavor text as well, which is Infiltrate and Infuriate by the Goblin Espionage League motto. <laughs> so. Now, this next one, I really like her. Uh, Loring the Diversion. It partners with Camber the Plunderer, which you're not playing. Nope. I don't think. Uh, two and a red. Three, three. First strike, okay, really good for the stats and mana cost. Pay two, sack an artifact or creature, and go target creature. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, it synergizes pretty well with uh, treasures. <laughs> you can pay two, <laughs> sack a treasure. You can use your two treasures, and then sack a third treasure, and you can goad something. Yep, and it, it fits the the premise, you know. Make them hit each other, but give them some chance to profit off of it, you know? Yep. This next one, I love it. Uh, I feel like a lot of green decks want to play this now, just in, because of the environment. It's treasure unfortunate meta. that green's the one making the most treasures now, and they're the one with the most answers. Yep. <laughs> but Manglehorn. So Manglehorn's two colorless and one green. It is a beast, and it is a 2-2. Two -two. It's a little understated for its three mana cost, but when he ETBs, you may destroy target artifact, but his second line is what really shines, is artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Um, mm -hmm. So people, if they swing at somebody else, they get to make a treasure, but it comes in tapped, so they don't get to use it right away. So it's, it, under, it... How do I, like, understates maybe Jolene's ability? I don't think that's the proper word. But it can make sure that your opponents aren't getting as much benefit from the treasures as you are. At least not immediate. Yeah. It also ensures that those treasures are around if you want to do something on your turn with them. Yep. And the next one, uh, it seems like it fits the bill. Uh, professional Facebreaker. <laughs> this lady's nuts. Um... Two and a red, human warrior, two, three, menace. Really good for cost there. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token. You know, all of that for three mana would have been amazing. But then there's more. You can sack a treasure, exile the top card of your library, and you can play that card this turn. What? It's Why is all of this on the same card? It's a pseudo card draw. It creates you treasures for its own ability. And, and it doesn't it, even have to hit. It, Yeah. 
professional facebreaker doesn't have to hit them. It can be any one of your cards, any one of your creatures anyways. Um, I got to use this twice, and it saved my ass twice. <laughs> so I think the ruling on this is that it's per player you can get a treasure. So if you do hit three people, you'll get three treasures. Which is six treasures. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I still have ten mana. I just need to find an answer. Yep. <clears throat> and you can use her ability on other people's turns. Like, if you if you need a chaos warp on somebody else's turn and you have nine treasures laying around, you might as well try and dig for it. I mean, there's no harm in it besides maybe accidentally, like, exiling something you needed later. But it works in a pinch. I think this Especially card Especially if you find any way to put cards on top of your deck. I think this card will only go up in price if it doesn't get reprinted. Oh. Yeah, not likely. Because <laughs> wizards. Yeah. Next one. This thing's been around a while. And I feel like it's still ridiculous. I'm really surprised at its price right now, how it's gone down. Tireless Provisioner? Yeah, which is going to be uh, two colorless and a green. He's a 3-2 elf scout, and he has landfall. Whenever a land ETBs under your control, you can create a food token or a treasure token, uh, which synergizes with uh, Jolene. You play a land, you get two treasures if Jolene's out, or just one treasure, which is still good. Like one, It's still super playable and is played just for the one treasure token. Yeah, speaking of that, the next one is Zorn. Two and a red. If you create one more treasures, instead, create that token plus an additional. So that's uh, that stacks on top of Jolie, right? Yeah, so you get, if you, if you create one treasure, you get two additional treasures. Which, it's... Holy Starless Provisioner. I play a land, I now have four mana. Yep. Zorn is just uh, one of those cards that, if it, which it probably won't be reprinted, maybe in Baldur's Gate actually, I'm not sure, but it's it's going to stick around for a while, especially with the amount of treasures coming out in the next set. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's a good card. Uh, it will definitely mm -hmm. see play. I'm missing some other, like, uh, treasure stuff. I don't have uh, Goldspan Dragon. That's, like, one of the bigger ones, because um, it makes your treasures have tap, uh, add two mana. Mm -hmm. um, and then Academy Manufacturer isn't in the deck. I unfortunately didn't pick one up. I didn't think it was that great, but I... Uh, didn't really think about it, so uh, Academy Manufacturer will probably be going in the deck soon. Because why not? Yeah. Every now and then, that extra draw or the extra life from a food token may benefit you. Talking about life gain, Fangren, uh Mauler, or Marauder, was going to go in the deck, which is like, a, I think he's a six drop in green, so one green, five colorless, five, five. Whenever an artifact would go to your graveyard, you may gain five life. Uh, I just, <laughs> you know, it's 
that's a lot of life for an for a treasure going to the graveyard. But yeah. unfortunately, ABU was out of stock, so I had to substitute something else in for it. But something that doesn't really have much of a substitute is Beast Whisperer. Yeah. It's two, two green. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you draw a card. That doesn't even have to resolve. Nope. I mean, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> Throwback to the days of Primordial Sage being the like main draw, big draw card you put in a deck. Uh, Primordial mm. Sage is the same thing as Beast Whisperer, but six mana. Right. And it's just, you play 25 creatures, so yeah. Yeah. It can almost always net you a profit. So uh, next up, we have Fathom Fleet Sword Jack. This is going to be a three colorless and one red for a 4-3 orc pirate. Uh, Fathom Fleet Sword Jack reads that whenever he attacks, he deals damage to the player or planeswalker that he is attacking equal to the number of artifacts you control. It's a okay. mage slayer on a creature, essentially, but for your artifacts. <clears throat> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So you and can... Because you're shitting out a lot, so why not? And with attack triggers and stuff, you can, tr like, use Fathom Fleet Swordjack's trigger and then sack your artifacts to pump Jolene. So After you know. the damage results, yeah. yeah. Neat. This is a good way to hit people. And then he also has Encore for 5 and a colorless, which means you exile him from your graveyard, and then for each opponent you create a token copy of Fathom Fleet Swordjack <laughs> that attacks that opponent, and they gain haste. <laughs> so he... You can re you can recur them from your graveyard and then hit each opponent with uh, the number of artifacts you have instead of just one person. True enough. Ooh. Some more uh, more dice, more dice, more treasures. So we have a uh, hoarding ogre, which is going to be three colorless and a red for a three three, and he's an ogre, and he says whenever hoarding ogre attacks, you get to roll a d twenty. A 1 through 9 will create you a treasure token, a 10 through 19 will create you two treasure tokens, and a 20 will create three treasure tokens. Um, with Jolene, this essentially reads 1 through 9 create 2, 10 through 19 create 3, and on a 20 create 4. So, Which if you stack triggers on attacking, your Fathom Fleet Swordjack might go from dealing 0 to, to dealing 4. Yeah, to dealing 4. And then if you had nothing. with Jolene trigger on the stack, you get another two as well. Okay, so I'm just going to say this now. You're a dirty bastard sometimes. <laughs> but you're also not playing any tutors, so this isn't too bad. Yeah. Your next card's Team or Sabretooth, and I know for sure that you know about Team or Dockside. I, I absolutely know about Team or Dockside. I mean, who doesn't? Really, it's infinite mana and a two-card combo. But I have no tutors, so... I think um, there's very few ways that you could even filter your deck really quickly, besides sacking a bunch of treasures to get them with Facebreaker, yeah. maybe? Facebreaker or... Um, 
like just digging with Guardian Project and Beast Whisper, or even drawing into it with Viridian Revel. Yeah, it just it would take a lot of work to get there, but you can't just say, oh, I turn one Worldly Tutor, turn two uh, Goblin Matron. A goblin Matron and a Dockside. Got turn three. Yeah. Yeah. And turn four. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Win the game. Cause maybe. With, well, yeah, maybe. With uh, Jolene, that means you can infinitely pump Jolene with treasures. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Not I, to mention I can you have get a, more out of your Dockside, too. I could have a 700,002 power and toughness Jolene and just fling it at somebody just because why not yeah how are we friends <laughs> i'm not that degenerate come on no you're not that bad uh like i said no tutors it's cool and even for casual that kind of a thing it happens yeah um and next one's an interesting one i've thought about this guy myself in a couple rakdos shenanigans before i decided that i'm just gonna stick my black for my casual <laughs> Frenzied Salbert. A four and a red. Five four orc warrior. Haste. All creatures can attack your opponents and planeswalkers your opponents control as though they had haste. Cool. <laughs> it's uh, not goad, but they can if they want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, haste is pretty cool to have if you're attacking anybody but me with it. I don't mind if your creature has haste if it's not coming at me. Right. And it says all creatures. So yours too. Yes. I it's it is a haste outlet for my own creatures. And then I think you mentioned him earlier, uh Kazul Tyrant of the Cliffs, three and two red, five four. Ogre Warrior. Whenever a creature and opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, you get a three three red ogre creature token unless they pay three and they're probably not going to pay three which means they're also probably not going to attack you as something that's small enough to get thumped by an ogre well it's just a way to decentivize attacking me again so that way they can get the treasure with jolene instead of losing to a three three ogre yeah or a five four ogre <laughs> yeah. you know he can block too or both <laughs> or both this next one's new, right? Yeah, Ezio he Mugger? came with uh, Capenna. He's a uh, four mana, sorry, five mana, four colorless, one red, three three. Um, Viashino Rogue. He's called Metzio Mugger. Uh, whenever he attacks, lizard man with brass knuckles. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, whenever he attacks, you exile the top card of each player's library, and you may play those cards this turn, and you may spend manas that were mana of any color to cast those spells. He also has Blitz for two colorless and a red. Um, he's just a mini Atali. I run Atali in the deck he's as well. He's a fair Atali. Yeah. Um, he just... I like to think as cards like Metzio Mugger and Atali as pseudo-draw or like hands, because you essentially get three, four, four options. You get you get a card off your deck and everybody else's deck, and maybe it's a draw spell, maybe it's a kill spell, maybe it's a board wipe or ramp. You know, it's it opens up your options on attack. Yeah. 
and you don't have to play it right then, just during that turn, right? Yep. Cool. Oh, you do have it in here, you dirty bastard. I do, yeah. I do have a Seedborn Muse in the deck. <laughs> I mean, if I if I have Bootlegger's Stash in the deck, I'm going to have Seedborn Muse in the deck, so that way I can Again, create treasures Again, another situation, it's, it's two cards that do dirty things. However, you do have another version of Seedborn in here for just your lands. Yep. But you still have to get all two of two of them together. Yep. It's dirty. Dirty, I, dirty, dirty, dirty. Once again, there is no tutors in the deck though. Yeah. That's what makes this deck keeps it casual. Like it's gonna be really hard for this deck to not to to go exceed that level or it's just like this is not fun anymore for anybody. Yeah. I comparing it to the uh Command Knights Jolene deck, um, his deck is a lot more tuned. And his deck is played significantly different from how my deck is played. He is artifact, cheat things out Jolene, using like Felden to copy. He has like Blightsteel and Big Eldrazi's. So I don't really have anything that big in the deck. You just got a lot of synergy and a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Like your deck is in kind of a way unpredictable, which could make it better. Yep. I There's actually... a lot of things that do the same stuff, but just differently i prefer the unpredictable play style i've never been one for tutors i just feel that tutors are very boring in ways because your opponent has to sit there and watch you search through your deck for your win con or uh, your answer to their problem it's just one of those things it's like I don't hate on tutors. I run them in some decks because it makes a deck feel nicer. But this deck, I feel it just doesn't need them. Now I, I run maybe one or two in all my mono black stuff, but I'm playing black. Like, tutors are a thing, you know? But we're talking like I might have a Diabolic Tutor. That's the two and two black one. Maybe a Besiege the Queen. I might see my Liliana Vest. Um, Masterminds Acquisition, the other two and two black, but I've tried to set things up, so it's never more than two, and I don't run any two-card combos. Like, unless you count Conrad and Morality Shift, but, you know, still. Even that's not necessarily going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like tutors as much as the next person, I just choose not to run them as much as the next person does. Um, I just like the unpredictable playstyle. When I first started playing Magic, my first deck was Prosh, um, the pre-con, with some changed cards. Not very competitive. At the time, Prosh was the competitive, like, deck. It was the food chain. Ugh. Um, and then I actually did take Prosh to CDH after about a year of playing Magic. And my second deck I ever built was Yidris. Which, if you want to talk about unpredictable cascades, we can we can, there's always Yidris. Um, cool card. Probably never build him again. I really like the idea of him though. He's just he's one of those cards you see at the table and you hate that player off of the table because you know that they're going to cascade into a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and in general, they're just gonna get more value out of everything they do than you. Yep. Period. So even if it's not bullshit, it's just more than you. Yep. Always. Uh, speaking of more, we got Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. Uh, 
three and a gruel, four for a human barbarian, has melee. A, a, a keyword we haven't really seen much of since conspiracy, take the crown, I think. Uh, so whenever he attacks, it gets plus plus one for each opponent you've, you're attacking this combat. If a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. <laughs> yeah, it's... Wolfgar has been one of my go-tos oh lately my since he came out uh, for red-green in general, because a lot of red-green cards have on-attack triggers, and he just says you get to do it an additional time, which means... And at great. minimum, he gets double melee. Yeah, you know, you get uh, double treasures, double horde hauler triggers. Wait, maybe, hold on. No, that steals combat You damage. get more Jolene triggers. Yep, uh, you get more Jolene triggers, Captain Lannery triggers. Um... <laughs> the, uh, not friend, uh... Fathom Zool, Fleet. Mezio, Mezio Mugger. Atali. Hoarding Ogre. Speaking... Yeah, speaking of Atali, that's the next card. A lot of people know what that does. Four, two, red. Uh, if you remember the Mezio Mugger we talked about earlier, except you get to play those cards for free. Yep. So, yep. wow. <laughs> He's uh, one more mana than Mezio Muggers, and uh, it's four colorless and two red, six, six, legendary creature. He is an elder dinosaur, and he says whenever Atali attacks, you exile the top card of each player's library, and then you get to cast those cards without paying their mana costs. It's just Mezio Muggers, but for free. And no blitz. No blitz. No, and I'm not sad about it. Could you imagine? Uh, no, no, stop. In uh, mm -hmm. in Henzi Toolbox Tori, you can give Itali blitz. I, I said stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, popcorn is definitely degenerate at heart. I purposely try to play more casual to have more fun in pods and let other people have more fun he tries really hard sometimes he fails miserably um and he suffers for it <laughs> we i've had my heartbreaks at league we don't need to talk about me being told not to play certain decks anymore i've been told uh, it twice yeah don't worry i understand your variants sometimes make you from do nothing to instant uh, arch enemy i've seen it um, next we've got something else with a little bit of variance uh geode rager four and two red four three first strike landfall elemental and it's landfall when a land enters the battlefield under your control go to each creature target player controls Mwah. love it it's uh you know, play a land, and now your creatures are goaded. You can't attack me with them, but hey, you get to create a treasure. You know, and that's something else I've noticed here, too. You're not even playing any fetches for nope. lands. Like, um, not even evolving wilds or myriad I landscape. Live and die by, I can just run a basic land instead. <laughs> and we will always differ on that, even when we're playing monocolor. Yep. I will 
I will fight that mathematically in my brain forever. You know, but that's okay. I, Everybody can build how they want. Cause... I understand the math behind it. With like, you obviously get to remove more lands from your deck, which means you get better draws on average. And in Capenna, we actually got new fetches for tricolor, which means you can still play them in your monocolor deck. Like you can. Play and I all... do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, in my opinion, they're actually better than like terramorphic and evolving because they're etb so you get the landfall trigger from them still and then they just immediately sack to go get a tap land, a basic you don't have to activate them yeah you don't have to activate them which means they can't be uh trick binded or <laughs> you know what's the other one i can't remember what the other counter spell is that counters an activated ability but you know i've had yeah. it happen it's all good um so we're down to the last three and these are your, I feel like your big three here. Yeah. We've got one I feel is definitely played underpowered in here. And the other two I feel are so on point that just they're kill on sight. Yeah. Let's let's do the uh, the Avenger of Zendikar first. All right. Even though we're out of order on casting costs. Yes, that's fine. So we have a Avenger of Zendikar, which is a pretty popular green card to put into decks because of the amount the like the board state it gives you. So it's going to be five colorless and two green for a five five elemental that says when he ETBs, you create a zero one green plant creature token for each land you control. And then he has landfall. Whenever a land ETBs under your control, you may put a plus one plus one counter on each plant creature you control. Definitely. As you state, the more underpowered card in the deck, probably. Um, just because I'm not really running fetches. I'm not running a whole lot of land search to up my land count a lot. Um, but he's just in there because he's a big boy. And I didn't exactly know what else to put in there. Obviously, I may change him out later, but Avengers Endicard is like a pet card for me. I just always really liked the idea of him. Yeah, it's kind of a, a free board state usually it looks like it might come right around the time that you're having to recover so it can give you a bunch of blockers and then yep. gives and you blockers gives you things mm -hmm. to swing at people for treasures definitely and if you get another land to put out cool yep now this one uh the hellkite tyrant in a deck that's making a lot of treasures so scary yeah this is definitely a kill on sight thing and something that's doing this kind of stuff it's four and two red it's six five it's dragon with flying tramples and now why don't you elaborate on what this asshole does so hellkite tyrant has well he's a tyrant of artifacts uh they're his uh he wants them all uh, he says whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you gain control of all artifacts that player controls. But, I mean, that's not like the super important side of him. Uh, he's a win con. He says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. Um, yep. So, I mean, you can just stock up on those sweet treasure tokens. You can drop a Hellkite Tyrant and just past the turn i mean obviously he's probably gonna get removed because that's a uh, nobody likes losing a game to an upkeep trigger you know what's really funny 
that I, uh, when this guy first, like, really was a big deal, I was playing him in my Saskia, um, and I would equip a salt suit to him, and just send him around the table causing chaos. This is... And by the time it came to my turn, all the artifacts were in one place, so I only had to hit one person. Yep. (laughs) Um... This and it actually... makes it so they can't hit you. Yeah. So once you take all the artifacts, you're safe. Yeah. This, this is the first time I've played a Hellkite Tyrant in a deck, actually. Uh, card's been out since, what, like, Commander... 2016. Yeah, Commander 2016. And it's the first time I have ever played him. Um, I've always I've always recognized Hellkite Tyrant as something that just needs to be removed if it's on the table, because most of the time it will steal something, or a lot of things, and it will win them the game. Whether or not it's winning by its trigger, it's still usually stealing enough stuff to give a primo advantage. Nobody likes having their you know, monument Everything. Yeah, nobody (laughs) likes anything being stolen from them. Uh, That's why I took apart uh, Zara. Such a neat card. And that's why I put all of my steel stuff into Mind Flayer. It's just It's all in one deck. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I really wish I could have continued to play Zara, but unfortunately when I started playing Zara at ABU, um, everybody started also playing Control because I think... Who else came out during that time? Um, the what is the Demir um, Beholder? I can't remember his name. The Send Triplets Demir Commander. Mm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm. I can't. I don't know why I can't remember his name. But I I can't remember either. There were people playing that, and then there was three different players playing Sakashima Copy Steel decks. So everybody was running Homeward Paths. And all this other stuff, and Zara just felt so bad to play because Zara, when she attacks, you look at the attack, the defending player's hand, and you take a creature from it and put it on the battlefield under your control, attacking that player. She's so cool, but I just didn't have fun playing her due to the meta at the time. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, we have the last card on the list now. Um, I'm sure everybody knows about Old Gnawbone. Uh, five colorless and two green, so he's seven mana, and he's a 7-7 seven, seven legendary creature dragon. He sa- He has flying, and then he says, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you create that many treasure tokens. Um... It's a lot of treasures. It allows me to pump things. Obviously, I get mana from it, and I can use those treasures I get to use Professional Facebreaker to look for Fling, obviously, or really any other number of things to help me win the game. Uh, He's just a big boy, and he is a big threat. Definitely. And with the amount of output that he can do in your deck, it's... <sighs> yeah. Because however many treasure tokens he decides to create, I also just get plus one off of that. Mm. 
Um, and it's per creature too. <laughs> yeah. I think. You know something that's actually a little bit interesting here is something to consider, and for people to remember, even if you deal zero damage with a plant token, you still dealt zero damage, which means Nullbone will make one treasure with Jolene out per plant. Yep. Now, a lot of people are going to argue about that, but it's dumb. It's niche. It's not going to happen a lot. I didn't even <clears> think <throat> about just... that. I had to process that for a second because I didn't think about that. But yeah, it's zero damage, but you still create a treasure token. It may be zero treasure tokens, but Jolene says you create that many plus one. Uh-huh. Which... And the Zorn out, it's that many plus two. That's, uh, that's a lot better. Obviously, you can see in the uh, bottom left, actually, that my thing says 99 main board. I think I forgot to add a card into my mox field. I'm not sure what it is. Well, so, um... Unless it's supposed to be 99 main board, right? Because plus two. No, nope, it's supposed 100. to be 100. Oh, okay. Because your commander is considered, considered main board. Oh, okay. Uh, they, are fairly... actually, they are actually part of your deck. I'm fairly new with Moxfield, so... No, you're fine. Um, <clears throat> that's fine. You probably actually have 100. And just Like you said, you also had to replace some cards because AB was out of some things. Yep. What were some of the things that you had to supplement in? Did you change the Moxfield already for that? E yes, I already... Um, I don't know if you can see what you previously... Oh, um, you yeah, got a recent history. I can view it. Uh, recent history. So we had Hole oh, Breach. I see. Yeah. <laughs> we had Hole Breach in the deck, which don't get that confused with Hole Breacher. They're different cards once banned. Uh, Hole Breach is a sorcery. Um, it is one red and one, uh, one green. And it says choose one, destroy target artifact or destroy target enchantment, or destroy target artifact and target enchantment. Um, but it's sorcery speed. Uh, this may end up back in the deck just for some more removal. Um, personally, I yeah. love this card. But I took it out because I couldn't find mine, and I didn't want to buy one. And I know I own like seven of them, but I don't have my as cards... As soon as you buy it, you'll find them all. And I don't have my cards organized at the moment, so... How dare you. I didn't want to search through the three... Well, if you find 5, them, let me know, because I also I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I always forget about this card until it's way past me building something that I would put it in. Yeah. And then I forget about it again before I actually go to get more cards or something. But Hole Breach got replaced with Force of Vigor. So. Not bad. Um, the next card that got removed from my main board because I couldn't find it and I refused to buy it. Um, I'm stubborn that way. It's it's like a dollar fifty. I just didn't want to buy another one. Gratuitous Violence. It's going to be two colorless and three red, and it's an enchantment. And it says if a creature you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to that permanent or player instead. Yeah. Um, I also see that one of your other options, uh, Terror of the Peaks, uh, yeah. got turned into your Goblin Spymaster. Um, yeah. That's a pretty cool one. That would be something somebody could do. So any spells your opponents cast at target, it costs five life. And whenever 
another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you deal damage to any target. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Terror of the Peaks, I have one. Uh, like I said, it's in my cards somewhere, and that shit's not organized. I'm working on it, though. I have started taking all of my commander playable cards and putting them in a separate section away from my other cards. Because a lot of it is, like, bulk commons and uncommons from me opening boxes. Ooh, here's a card that I kind of almost completely forgot existed, but I think I want it to put in my Anji deck um, that you had to pull out, and that's a Fateful Showdown. Very, like, this card's actually, I think it's really good. It like, is. two and two red. First off, you deal damage to target, it's an instant. And you deal damage to our creature player equal number of cards in your hand. Okay, cool. So it could be like just a lightning bolt for four mana, but you discard your hand and draw that many cards. I, so that's where the profit is. It's a fantastic card. I had to debate for a long time if I wanted to remove it because I was like, I'm in red. Wheels are popular and common. And, well, they're good. Wheels are good. Um, especially I like finding them at instant speed that also deal damage. I also like wheels that only affect yourself. A lot of the times wheels can help your opponents more than you want them to. Yeah. Um, some people really don't like being wheeled. Um, (laughs) they really don't. They're like, man, I, I really wanted to keep that hand. And you're like, bro, I did not want anything to do with my hand. I had a wheel. And I'm we also it. know what went to somebody else's hand when they had to reveal a tutor or something. Yep. <clears throat> I feel like playing one or two wheels type effects in your deck, it's not a bad thing. It, it can, at the right time, it can refresh your hand or take powerful things out of your opponents, especially if you're playing graveyard stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. One of the, and uh... there was one more goad creature that wasn't mentioned because you already mentioned Chandra's Ignition and Fangren Mauler that you couldn't find. Yeah. Because they were out. But mm-hmm. Vengeful Ancestor. That guy's juicy. Yeah. Let's see, I am up oh, there he is. Uh so he's a he's two colorless and two red. He's a spirit dragon. He's a three four with flying. Whenever he ETBs or attacks, goad target creature. And then whenever a goaded creature attacks, it deals one damage to its controller. Um, it's gotcha. a very cheap card. It's like two or three bucks. At ABU, it's like seven. They have inflated prices. But notably, um, they don't have any Vengeful Ancestors, so it doesn't matter if it's seven dollars, because you can't get one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so aside from all that, like... <clears throat> was there any cards that had already came to mind that weren't mentioned that you were thinking of possibly upgrading this or maybe yeah. utilizing to change the way the deck flows? There's a there's a couple of them actually. Um, I hate to do this. I'm gonna pull up EDA, EDA track real quick and type in Jolene because I just can't recall all of the cards I was thinking about. And so, it's probable that the cards you were thinking are gonna be there. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's obvious that your deck is not completely going off of something net decked. Yeah. And viewing it, looking at EDH rack for a couple suggestions, thoughts, or adjustments, go for it. 
going Absolutely. on to like Moxie or something and completely copy pasting somebody's deck, eh, it's gonna be hard for you because you're not always gonna know why is this here. Yep. You know. So. But yeah, go ahead. Some cards I wanted to add. I have two in front of me actually that aren't on EDH Rec. Um, one is gonna be Structural Assault. This is gonna be two red and three colorless for a sorcery. It's also from Capenna. And it says, destroy all artifacts. Then Structural Assault deals damage to each creature equal to the number of artifacts that were put into graveyards from the battlefield this turn. Um, oh, right. This is one of the, the cards that came from New Capenna. Yeah. It's... I'm actually surprised this isn't in the lists because it forces them... They use it and lose it and I... suffer for it. I definitely think it will be going into the deck. I feel like I need more board wipes. I only have Blasphemous Act in the deck, and I could feel my struggle. I'm also thinking of adding Chain Reaction. Um, we also had Reckless Endeavor, but it's nowhere near as consistent yeah. as that spell would be. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then the other card I have in front of me, just for a big drop, is Titan of Industry, which is a mythic from New Capenna. It's going to be four colorless and three green. He's in Elemental 7-7, seven, seven, and he says Reach Trample, and then when he ETBs, you choose two. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Target player gains five life. Create a 4-4 four, four green Rhino Warrior creature token. Put a shield counter on a creature you control. So, I mean, it's just a very versatile big drop. Um, There's another creature that's actually on, as is actually on the EDH reckon. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's a great card for you. Um, Magda, the Brazen Outlaw. You have a lot of dragons in here, dude. Oh, uh, that's true. Mm. And either way, Magda, when she taps to attack, she's going to make you two treasures. Yeah. I, uh, actually, and I then think I all of a sudden you have a knob on out. Yeah. I <laughs> sort of avoided Magda, actually. I saw her. Maybe because was... of the effect, the fact that she will tutor out a dragon for you. Yeah, that she tutors. Like, that lets me go grab uh, Gadrak or Tyrant or. Or Knobbone. Or, let's see, there, I know there was more dragons in here. Uh,. And the thing There's about Magda's ability was. is that it, it it's an instant speed thing. I can, before combat damage is dealt, I can sack five treasures and put Ult no, Gnawbone into play. <sighs> Which, that will amp up the power level of the deck. And for, what is it, 70 cents, I think it is uh, actually a good if upgrade. That. Yeah. It's a and it's change. your one tutor, but it only tutors three things. And I have deck. to sack five treasures to do it. Which is just, you would be sacking five treasures to pump up Jolene. I don't feel like that's bad. Like, it's not tutor anything. It's literally, let me double check here. Uh, let's see, how many dragons? You have three dragons. Yep. So, if you get Magda out, and you haven't already drawn tyrant or gnawbone that's probably who you tutor we are focusing a lot on the dragon part of the card but it also says artifact 
you can grab bootlegger's stash with Magda. Oh god. <laughs> um Yeah. You can you can grab any artifact. Yeah, I could grab just, my whisper. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> like Magda is If very... you're gonna have one tutor in your deck, I think it would be her. Yeah. She does create me treasures, that's true. Um, and you have to sack five treasures to do it. Yep. So there's still stipulations. It's not just, oh, I have three mana. I'm going to go get a Gnawbone. Like mm-hmm. what you could do with like Sarkon's Triumph. No, this is a two-cost creature that requires five treasures. So technically it's like seven mana to go get a dragon and put it in play. Or yeah. an artifact. I. Which a lot of decks do a lot more with a lot less. Yeah. I think... <laughs> True. I think some other, like, decent upgrades are going to be, like, some red card draw, so looting, essentially. Um, you have Unexpected Windfall and Big Score. I'll go over Big Score first. Um, big Score is going to be three colorless and a red. It's an instant, and it says, as an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card. Draw two cards and create two treasure tokens for four mana which is three treasures with Jolene out, four treasures with Zorn, and draw two cards. I think you could also do well with a Vandal Blast. Yeah, I could probably... I think I have a Vandal Blast. It's in my cards. I've been slowly searching through them. Yeah, I will. they're everywhere. I, if, if I have an extra one and you really need it, uh, that'll help, because that makes sense. Yeah. It just does. And then we have um, Unexpected Windfall, which is... The same thing as Big Score, but instead of three colorless, it is two colorless and two red. And it's also an instant, and it says as an additional cast, discard a card, and then draw two cards and create two treasure tokens. So they're the same cards, um, just a little bit of a difference in mana cost. I thought one only made one treasure. Uh, nope, they both draw two cards and create two treasures. Then they are the <laughs> same mana cost. Well, for you, that's still going to be three treasures. Yep. Which is pretty good. Um, yeah. I thought long and hard about Crack Open, which is a sorcery, and it's two colorless and one green, and it says destroy target artifact or enchantment to create a treasure token. My issue is that it's sorcery speed. I really hate sorcery speed, destroy artifacts and enchantments. I don't think they're spectacular just because you can only do it on your own turn, and I don't like doing interaction on my own turn when I could be building my board state or protecting my board state. <laughs> um, what were some other upgrades? Academy well, Manufacturer. I mean, oh yeah, that's... that's if you're no- making tokens, that's kind of an easy way to go. That's a no-brainer. I will probably pick one up. It's like $8. Not too bad of a cost for something that just says, hey. And it doesn't even really necessarily increase the synergy in your deck. It just creates flexibility. Yeah. It turns your deck's thematic into not just mana, but every now and then you could draw or gain some life. It's good. It works. Have you thought about Jaxus. Um, I don't know what Jaxus does. So, it's also from Capenna, three and a red. 
Jax is a troublemaker, human warrior 2-3. Uh, and what she does, I think it's just she or they, one of the two, uh, red tap, discard a card, uh, create a token that's a copy of another target creature you control. It gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card. You sacrifice it at the beginning of the next instep, activate only as a sorcery. She also has Blitz herself. Huh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like 70 cents, so not bad for something that just creates a copy, I guess, for one mana and a discard. I guess the discard is yeah. there, but, um, yeah. I will definitely consider it. I'll put it on my considering list. Uh, oh, it's like list. you could just, you know, for three mana, you could blitz her out, pay a red tapper, discard a card, and extra dockside. Extra dockside that dies at the end of turn and also draws you a card. And <clears throat> uh, something I found actually kind of funny. Um, so the token says when it dies, you draw a card as well. Now, it doesn't say target non... It does say copy of another target creature. So you can't do dirtily things like dat blitz, blitz her in, copy herself, keep the token from the legendary rule, and keep going. Yep. A card that I see that's right next to Jaxus on EDH rec is Pyre Sledge Arsonist. Uh, one red and two colorless. It's a Vyashino Shaman. Uh, he's a 2-2, two -two, and he says, pay one colorless, <laughs> tap Pyre Sledge Arsonist, and he deals X damage to any target where X is the number of permanents you sacrifice this turn. You have treasures. <laughs> like, I mean, you sack 10 treasures, you pay one mana to deal 10 damage to any target. It's just a significantly repeatable lightning bolt. And obviously, if you can untap Pyre Sledge Arsonist, you can reuse his ability. Yeah. And some of the interaction I see out here that you could possibly look at is Goblin Welder and Reclamation Sage. Yep. One's reusable to pop artifacts, and the other pops artifacts or enchantments when it comes in. So you still get a body and so on and so forth. Yep. Not bad. Um, let's see. Um... Well, I guess that's a card that might be a game ender, but I don't feel like it would be consistent enough. Uh, second Harvest. It says uh, for each token you control, you create a token that's a copy of that permanent? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could definitely blow things out of proportion, but I don't feel like it would be a consistent enough when you draw it. Yeah. Especially since you're going with the clear, casual mindset of very few tutors. Especially ones that are like this. Um, yeah. I mean, you could also do with a Tybalt's Trickery. Yeah, I could definitely do with a Tybalt's Trickery. That's a <clears throat> good card that is banned in a format. Not Commander, though. I think it, <laughs> did it get banned in... Uh, is it Standard or Modern? I think it might be oh, Modern. Oh, one of the two. Yeah. And um, in Commander, it's not that bad. No. It's just Chaos Warp for spells. Yeah. Um, we have... Another big card. I do own this card. I actually lent it to a friend 
uh, Josh, you know them as Austin. Uh, Austin has a Delina Wild Mage deck. Um, <laughs> and the neatest thing about this deck is that it is built by our friend group. Um, all of the expensive cards and interesting stuff was all put together by us, just allowing her to borrow cards. So she has like my Ragavan and my Kiki Jiki and some other stuff in it. And Ragavan is a card I definitely would like to put into this deck because it's a it's a one drop that creates treasures and also allows you to cast its opponent stuff. Yeah, it's a rude ass card. Uh, there's a reason that it's eighty freaking dollars right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. And then we have another card that I really considered putting in the deck, but I don't really run a lot of instants and sorceries, and that is Storm Kiln Artist, otherwise known as Storm's Dream. <laughs> uh, Storm Kiln Artist is three colorless and a red. He is a Dwarf Shaman 2-2, and he says he gets plus one plus oh for each artifact you control, and then he has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. Obviously, you can see that if I cast, like, a Nature's Claim, it pays for itself, plus one, because of Jolene. Now, you know what a really cool tutor that you could actually play in this I'm seeing here that you might like? Signal the Clans. It's a red and a green. An instant. So that's very rare for a tutor, let alone outside of black. Uh, search your library for three creature cards and reveal them. If you reveal three cards with different names, hello, Commander, uh, you choose one of them at random and put that card into your hand and then shuffle the rest into your library. Yeah. I mean, Signal of the Clans is a very cheap gruel tutor card. It's also instant speed, which allows you to use it on somebody else's turn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a card. Hold on. And it still has variants to it, too. Yeah. So it's, you're not guaranteed to get a winning combo, but you could say, okay, I'm either going to get Hellkite or, or, or Gnawbone or Magda. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, the generic line of I'm going to either get the dragons or I'm going to get Magda to get the dragons. That's just one way to do it, but, like, any three that you might need at time, like a Reclamation Sage, and like your interaction creatures that destroy stuff, you could go get three different ones, and one of them will get to your hand, you know? Yeah. Just not which one. Um, he remind that Signal of the Clans reminds me of a Tamir card. I don't know why I can't remember it at the moment. Um, I wish I could, but it's going to be Tamir, so it's just one blue, one red, and one green, and... It's sorcery speed, and it says um, something along the lines of target opponent searches your deck for a land, a creature, and a non-land card, and puts them into your hand. I remember this. I used to play that all the time. It's fantastic. I mean, it's three mana, get three cards. Obviously, it's your opponent's choosing, but still. Like... You know, with politics, maybe they'll give you something good out of that. Like, something you need for the situation. Hey, man, I'm in an Otherworldly Passage. There's a pretty big problem on... Or I don't think it's called Otherworldly Passage. There's a... 
big problem on the table. It's not from you, it's this other player over here who's playing Cranko. I have a Blasphemous Act in my deck. If I use this card, will you get me the Blasphemous Act to deal with the Cranko player? I don't care what you give me for the other two cards. And maybe in the future, I won't attack you as well. You know, it, you know, you get to deal with the board state, and you make a deal with a player to deal with the board state. So, I don't know. It's just a fantastic card. Um, let's see, what are some other, like, there's obviously a lot of, uh, other upgrades. Jessica's Will. I could put that in the deck. That card is crazy. <laughs> um, it's two colorless and one red for a sorcery. You choose one, and if you control a commander as you cast a spell, you may choose both. It has add one red for each card in target opponent's hand, and exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. This card sees lots of play in just about every single red deck because of how much it's it's three mana gets seven mana. So you gain four mana off of it, and then you also get to essentially draw three cards. I mean that's why it's like twenty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but Oof. I, I could see it going in the deck. Yeah, it could make a difference. Yeah. For, yeah I can't um, seem to find that card. Yeah, I can't. It, I think it's pass. It it has the it has passage in it. I don't know what it's called. Might be safe passage. I'm not. A, I'm not sure. No, definitely not safe passage. That it. That is a white card. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember the name of it. I own several of them because it's just a cool card. I really like. Tamir. Guided passage. Guided passage. There you go. See, so I... basically, the way this actually works is you reveal your library. This is why it was hard to find. An opponent chooses from among them a creature card, a land card, a non-creature non-land card. You put the chosen cards into your hand. They don't even search your deck. You just reveal your whole deck to the table. And then one of those opponents is going to choose those three cards for you. Yeah. That's it's such a unique card because you're not searching. Yep. So even doing this, no one can opposition agent. You know, I'm looking at guided passage through Google right now, and one of the related images in this is called Desolation Angel. It's a black card and a white. I think it's black and white. Um Unfortunately unplayable in something like Beamtown Bullies, which it's a popular card from Nuka Pena at the moment, where you can give people cards, and then, you know, it's in a non-legendary card, and obviously you run, like, bully effects with it, you know, like Grim Monitor or Leveler or something like that. But Desolation Angel is meaner yeah. than that. Um, sorry to go a little off topic, but Just when Desolation Angel comes into play, destroy all lands you control. <laughs> I, I just saw it. I... That's cool. <laughs> Rude. But, but yeah. no, Guided Passage is a cool cool choice. I think that's even a really cool tutor for casual play, because it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could build your deck so that they only have bad choices, but it's still their choice. Like, that's, they if they would only, probably try to choose things they have answers for. So I think it's a pretty cool option. Something yeah. to think about, you know. 
Um, so you're going to get a land, a creature, and a non-land. Non-creature. So for all you know, some of you like be super kingmaker, which is a poor play, way to play. And next thing you know, you've got you've got seaborn bootleggers and, I don't know, a swamp in your hand. Right. <laughs> I don't know why you have a swamp, but it's there. Congratulations, you have a waste. <laughs> um, one of the cards that I really wanted in the deck was Chandra's Ignition, which we talked a, a little bit about earlier mm-hmm. as a replacement for Fling, um, which is two red and three colorless sorcery target creature control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each opponent. So it is a mm-hmm. board wipe and a hit people in the face type of card. Oh yeah. Fantastic. It's like 12 bucks. <laughs> if you can find one, it's only been printed yeah. once. Yeah. If you can find one that cheap in good condition, like hopefully they print it again soon. It is Chandra's ignition. So it would probably be in something with Chandra. You would yeah. think have they done the commander box red yet, or has it just been blue and black? Um, I'm not sure. I... Green, green, green and black's been done, but not red, blue, or white. I have a hard time keeping up with uh, Magic products because they come out with so much lately. I have a hard time You're keeping up with everything. You're not thing. wrong. Like I'm hardly keeping up on uh, Baldur's Gate stuff. <laughs> not wrong at all, dude. There's a lot of new cards I heard tonight, and I was like, what does that do? What? <laughs> what am I looking and at? And it's unfortunate. I used to love saying, hearing people say that when I played something really weird, but now I'm saying it all the time because I just... I can't memorize more cards than... more than three cards a day. Because like, that's how many cards are coming out in a year, easily. Like, yeah. And we had Capenna come out. We've had, so far... At June 10th, which would be the sixth month, technically a set every two months with uh, about 300, 200, 300 cards. That's more than four or five cards a day. I can't. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> um, a card I see that I could use as a maybe like an X dump spell in Jolene is Crackle with Power. Um, it's a sorcery and it's red, red, X. X, X, and it says Crackle with Power deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. So, I mean, if you dump six man into that, right, that's, what, six, twelve, eighteen, twenty, twenty mana into Crackle with Power, you get to deal 30 damage to six targets? I mean, that is a lot. Yeah. Um, I think there was an instant I was looking at that's kind of similar you could think about. Uh, what was it? A ah, Cloth's Will. Ah. It's X, red, red, green. Instant. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast it, you can choose two. Or both. Uh, Breathe Flame. You deal X damage to each creature without flying. Smash Relics. Destroy up to X target artifacts and or enchantments. Even paying six for that, you deal three damage to each creature without flying with your commander out and destroy three artifacts or enchantments. Could be good. Yeah. And it's instant speed, too. Oh. So. That's even better. I actually... That's definitely going to go on the considering list. Because I definitely want... Possibly possibly an instant speed board wipe. I definitely want more interaction in the deck. For more, like, 
on the stack interaction, I yeah. guess you could say. I mean, you have lots when it comes to your creatures entering and things like that, but once it's not your turn, you don't have a lot to work with. Yeah. That's definitely something to consider in general in most metas and stuff right now is if you're going to pack interaction, try to find the SSB one if you can. Uh, yeah, playing sorcery ones is fine, but what I tend to try to do in most of my casuals is have one instant speed version of removal and one sorcery, like Feed the Swarm. And that's an enchantment or creature. And then I have Farika's Libation, just because in black it's hard. Mm -hmm. So I have an instant speed creature or enchantment and a sorcery speed instant uh, enchantment or creature. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, a card that was notorious in the standard format when it came out in Kaladesh and Aether Revolt was Aetherworks Marvel. Um, I'm only mentioning this because I think it actually would probably work pretty well in my deck as like a pseudo-tutor. Um, it's four mana and colorless. It's a legendary artifact, and it says whenever a permanent I control is put into a graveyard, I get an energy. I can tap, pay six energy, and look at the top six cards of my library, and then I may cast a card from among them without paying its mana cost, and then put the rest on the bottom. This card mm. was banned in standard after, like, a month in standard or so, because you just had Aetherworks everything. It dominated yeah. the standard meta. Yeah, I think that might be going a little bit too much in your deck. I think the Atali and the Mugger fit you better. Okay. Because you're being aggressive. Yeah. Um, it's an option, but it feels like it could go a little bit overboard. Yeah. And cause you to have repetitive lines. Understandable. That's my thoughts. Not like trying it out wouldn't be bad, but I wouldn't have too many of those effects in the same build as yeah. you go through. Just to try it out. I think... Yeah. Um, I could get blown up and then you just have all that energy sitting there doing nothing. This is true. There's some enchantments that I actually do think I want for the deck. Um, they're a bit pricey. One of them is going to be Parallel Lives. Um, this doubles tokens, which counts for treasures. Doubling Season does the same thing, and so does Primal Vigor. But all of these cards are $30 plus, and a lot of the times I just don't find myself paying that much for cards anymore. I really like to keep it under $20 if I can. Yeah, and I mean, you do have a lot of effects that essentially double the treasures you get, so it may not be necessary. Now, to spend that much on that when you could maybe improve your land base? Yeah. Like, not necessarily fetches, but like just more lands that do cool things for you? Yeah. Possibly? You know, maybe like a Boseju and the red one. I don't know what the red one does with channel. Um, <sighs> eh. Eh. <laughs> Understandable. But the, yeah, the Boseju, definitely, since it's speed interaction and flexibility. Yeah, yep. why not? Um, another enchantment <clears throat> I wanted to talk about that I more use for artifacts is gear per aether grid. Um, two colorless, one red, and it's an enchantment that says tap two untapped artifacts you control, and then it deals one damage to target creature or player. Mm -hmm. Get a, mm -hmm. It's removal on an enchantment, right? Like, you can remove people's creatures or just hit them in the face. Yeah. 
But, uh, I don't know, man. I think that's, uh, really it. I mean, maybe I could get, like, a Planeswalker, like, Doretti or Ugin or something in the deck, you know? Maybe. Uh, Karn might be one that I would go for first. Yeah. So, yeah, they're making, like, you have your Hellkite Tyrant. You take all the treasures and stuff they made under you. Or you can play Karn and it's just, like, now suddenly they, they don't get any props from you. Although they'll just probably attack you. Um, <laughs> But it also limits them on their own treasure strategies, too. Absolutely. And it could slow the game down enough. I really think... Uh... Just enough. Actually, even a Blood Moon would be really good for you. Or Magus of the Moon. Yeah. Because you're making enough treasures that your mana base doesn't really matter. And eventually. In I mean... Times. This card is like Nombo as hell with my deck, but Blood Sun. <laughs> um, this mm -hmm. Blood Sun is going to be two colorless and a red, and it's an enchantment. And it says, uh, I think it's from Ixalan. Um, whenever when Blood Sun ETBs, draw a card, and then it says all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. This card's like two bucks. Um. This gets rid of, like, your Cabal Coffers and your whatever else, essentially, that's, you yeah. know. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like Blood Moon or Megas of the Moon would just be better. Probably. Because it does exactly the same thing. Yeah. Except the mana abilities, the Cabal Coffers, that is a mana ability. Yeah. So it wouldn't even hurt that. Oh, I see. Yeah, so this literally changes nothing. It would it would also turn off your uh, bootlegger stash. I see. Or does it? Or does it? All I, lands lose all abilities, just... and bootlegger stash gives your lands the ability to tap lands create a treasure. Yep. Yep. So yeah, yeah it is, so, is non-bow. Yeah, totally non-bow. Cool card though. I don't see it played very often, but obviously it's not that great. Probably why. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't think I really have anything else to go over. For uh... I think in, we covered what you have had built, uh, what it did, what you were planning on going over. It. Like, I think it's pretty cool. You know, there's plenty of options out there for it. It could do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of options for it to branch out, and you know, people could definitely play it stronger. And it's very easy to play it casually too. And so, that's uh, the the. Or look at uh, Popcorn's Jolene. I think, uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to make some changes. And, you know, maybe maybe just to shoot some shit. But I think I'm going to upload a couple more decks to my Mox Field. And we can do a couple more deck decks. Because I have some cooler decks that I've built over the years that I have kept. You know, I have, yeah, uh, me too. I have, like, yeah, we can do some deck decks for you as well. I mean, I'd love to go over some, like, your uh, box. I actually really haven't looked into it much about your whole changing things in and out. I know it's a little complicated. I don't really understand it, but... Sometimes I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, like, um, you know, I have, like, my Belodros, uh, not really Storm, it's Belodros X spells, which, it's cool. I love that deck. Um, and then we have Orvar Mill which is a unique take on Orvar. Uh, he's very CDH 
I don't play him CDH in any way. He's a uh, he's Mill. Uh, Mill is not a CDH way to win in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Are you off every Wednesday? Pop yeah, one? I'm off uh, Tuesday through Thursday. Oh, cool. We could probably do Wednesday night deck techs. Cool. I don't mind that at all, unless I end up working it or something, or I got something else yeah, going I'll on. Yeah, I'll probably but... edit them and have them uploaded by Friday-ish. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we can do that because we could also steal Brian's decks, decks that he does decks that he doesn't really talk about much, and yeah. you know, say, hey, look, here's another reanimator. Um, <laughs> here's <laughs> yeah, a different sure. way to play a reanimator deck. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's basically Brian's play, play style is Jesus. He he board wipes everything, and then three mana later, they're all back. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is a big fan of Reanimator, man. I I did you hear his top ten cards that are his favorites? No, I didn't. What are they? Are his top ten commanders, like seven out of ten Reanimator. <laughs> Dude, if my top ten would all be like. Tamir and Jund cards, and they're not even Reanimator. Like I play Jund, I've never played Reanimator. It's sort of crazy to me. <laughs> like I didn't really play Reanimator until like seriously until recently when I built both Chainers. Yeah. And it's a whole different thing. Like it's different when you just have ways to recur your graveyard, but when you're like built around just like this is going there. And it's never coming into play. It's like, what? It's a whole different ball game, for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, that's definitely good for now. I mean, whew, our first time uh, trying this out to expand uh, our content, and we're already at two hours and 15 minutes. God, that only leaves me like two minutes for music. I'm kidding. No, I can do more. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good for now. Uh, thanks for coming in, and... Uh, I'm definitely excited, looking forward to more of uh, doing some more content with more of our team. I think out of uh, the team uh, of us three, I, I'm not like trying to brag or anything. I think that I genuinely build a lot of different unique decks. I mean, I have 12 decks. They all have different ways to win and different ways to play the game, along with some real janky ass cards. Oh, yeah, definitely. So yeah, You definitely have some variety. And I try to do the same thing as I can in Mono Black, which is really hard. Yeah. Just saying. Um, generally, aside from my tribal decks, well, actually, aside from two of my tribal decks, um, pretty much all my decks try to win in different ways. So, but in black, different ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll cover those definitely later. Um, yeah. Definitely good having you. Good for us to sing. And you know, now that you know how Audacity works, and you have access to the Google Drive, maybe you and Brian can at some point make something on your own and Ab upload it, and I can edit it. Absolutely, I would love to do that with Brian. Brian and I have talked so much about my decks, and he really knows my play style as well. We have been playing Magic together for four years. <laughs> so. Yep. And we've all been playing around each other a lot. We've all grown into an environment that where the spirit of casual is really what drives it or it's supposed to and well we're just we're really into being playing casually and yeah you know each of us has our niche where yeah we i do play cdh i 
do play popper. I understand how they work and I enjoy it. But casual is where it's at, man. And that's yeah. what we're here for. All right. Well, uh, having fun with your friends. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Well, thanks for being here, Pop, uh, Cameron. And uh, <laughs> thanks for anyone who's listening. Shuffle up and shuffle out. Peace. Oh, God. That's like a terrible catchphrase. Mm-hmm.